Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, it's my pick. I've picked a film soundtrack from 2017, Baby Driver. Yeah. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Little baby. The soundtrack is looking long. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. How are we going to handle this? For the first time, we're actually splitting this into two episodes. It's a double disc. So this week, we'll only be listening to the first disc. Part one. Part one. (laughs) And then a year from now, we're going to do part two. So Now we're doing these back to back. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's the plan. Uh, This is an Edgar Wright film, uh, a filmmaker who I like quite a bit. He's a music nerd. You may remember Edgar Wright from uh, our Scott Pilgrim vs. the World episode with uh, Usama Siddiqui, who has been on America's Got Talent. So shout out to... Usama. Yeah, that was like over a year ago that we did that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we saw this together in theaters at Williamsburg Cinema in the before times. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like this movie, I feel like I it just came out the other year, but I guess it, yeah, it's been three years now. I don't know what else to say about it. Let's jump in. Let's do track one. We've got John Spencer Blues Explosion with Bell Bottoms. I did want to say, I forgot to say up top, we usually review like older films, films that we kind of assume that everybody had a chance to see. But this is a decently recent film, so I guess spoiler alert for the plot of Baby Driver, which isn't, it's not like a very heavily plot-driven film. I don't know how much can be spoiled, spoiled. It's a... There's a twist and turn, but those are mainly while driving, I think. And, uh... <laughs> As far as spoilers go. It's, yeah, I think it's we'll, a... We'll add a warning at the beginning. No spoilers. If you didn't get a chance to see Baby Driver 2017. We're giving away the big twist. But uh, what do you guys think about this song? This song, John Spencer Blues Explosion. This was like a mid-90s rock band. This was like, for whatever reason, the first song that uh, Edgar Wright got inspired by when he was you know, listening to this music and picturing it being the score for you know, a getaway. Yeah. He was like, what if there actually was such thing as a blues explosion? <laughs> right. What if the blues could explode things? Which was the beginning of him thinking about if everything in the movie was perfectly choreographed and scored to music, like wall to wall. Yeah. I to mean, like kind of an absurd degree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we yeah, should have yeah. said that up top, but uh, if you haven't seen the movie, this whole movie is like in rhythm with the soundtrack, <laughs> making for a great episode, you yeah. know, uh, definitely something we should jump into. And uh, also this soundtrack is largely, if not completely, chronological. So we're starting Mm -hmm. at the first scene in the movie. Yeah, he's really checking all the boxes with this soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So far, so good, man. Uh, Hot Fuzz, I think, is probably one of my favorite films. Hot Fuzz Fuzz is Shaun of the Dead is really good. Yeah. I like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I'm I'm, I'm all on board with Edgar Wright. (laughs) I'm not a big Blues Explosion uh, fan. (laughs) I I do like this song. This song is like... I like it fine. I don't like, uh, I don't go out of my way to listen to it, but it, it works really well in the film. This is while they're robbing the first bank. You're introduced to some of the characters John Hamm, 
Baby. And then uh, Baby is John, played John by Berth, no, uh, Ansel Elgert. Ansel, Ansel Elgort. Hang on. Ansel Elgort, yeah. Elgort, who was uh, very young when he filmed this movie. He was like 20. Yeah, I don't... He's he's famous for reasons that I don't quite... There was some YA like uh, film series that he was in that I think launched him into fame. He also... He has like a music career. He's like a big fashion guy too. Kelsey, when watching, was like, "Oh, he's like a he's like a famous guy. <laughs> he's like a famous guy." And I was he's like, very kind of inexplicably famous. Yeah. Uh, he has had some allegations that came out yeah. against him that he has uh, denied. Well, that makes two of them on the soundtrack. Yeah, but he <laughs> on the movie. That's right. <laughs> it's kind of seems like Elgar might be an even worse person, but he's uh, I guess young and hot, so nothing really stuck to him so far, at least. I think that. Uh, there's a film coming out. Is it West Side Story? I think there's a big West Side uh, Story. Spielberg's yeah, adaptation of West the, Side Story. In the can, and I think that he's starring in that, or one of the leads at least. I don't know. Well, here's here's the thing. He's born to uh, photographer Arthur Elgort and a stage <laughs> producer, Greth Barrett Holby. So he's just like, anybody that's like, oh, I think they're famous, and how did they get this movie? They're a bit of an unknown. It's like, they have influential famous parents. It's like the, it's the Ro- only reason. <laughs> the Rooney yeah. Mara thing. Rooney yeah. Mara is an actress that I think is actually really good. Yeah, but, but uh, Nikki Rooney's daughter, you know? <laughs> so she's like, literally, her name is the, the last two names of some of the <laughs> richest families in the... Yes. Uh, or Army Hammer. Um, it's Elgart. I kind of <laughs> makes me miss the days when Hollywood would bully people into changing their names into like Hollywood names. Yeah, there's like a a Berg or a Steen at the end of your name. It's like, no, it's danger now. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have something that sounds somewhat Jewish. People won't like you. <laughs> well, I'm just like Elgort. I gotta deal with this. I don't I even know what kind of name that is. Elgort. <laughs> All right, Nikki. What's what's next? Yeah, should we get into track two? We've got Bob and Earl with Harlem Shuffle. jam the scene that this is scoring is maybe even more choreographed than a lot of the action scenes like there's there's literally like a bunch of graffiti that is the lyrics to the song as they're saying so it's like he's carrying coffee and kind of dancing around the street and it's like he's walking in step it's all one shot so that the lyrics like show up this movie is just like beating you over the head (laughs) it's so on the nose with all the music it's it's kind of i didn't notice I didn't notice those no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like the most <laughs> obvious thing. Ever. I mean, even the, there's a scene, we'll probably get to the song, but you know, like they're having dinner and they're like, you know, circling their fingers on the wine glasses yeah. and it's like making a the, chord and then they cheers and it's like in key with the song. It's yeah. like, and like head nods and blinking is like in drum all, time. It's all synced up. And like, so I did, I, I noticed a lot on this. I, I watched it for a second time uh, in preparation for this, but even in this scene, he's like, what, four coffees? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he says, yeah, 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 the same way the song fucking does at the same time. I like it, man. I mean, 
I think the whole thing is functioning a little bit of a heightened reality. Like, uh, it's a little bit of a kind of fairy tale, especially the love stories, like kind of um, uh, maybe stilted. I didn't buy it. I think Edgar Wright should just, you know, you know fulfill his dream and direct a music video. Yes. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> they say this is a musical. This is a modern day musical yeah. on film. Movie which, musical. Movie musical. But yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, all right, you're good for you, Edgar. Like, you've done a great job, but it seems like it's it's almost so to the T that it, it sort of infuriated me the second time I watched it. <laughs> and then, like, to do this, and we can get more into it, but, I mean, he filmed a lot of it on film, not digitally. <laughs> he was like, it's got to be practical effects. And to, to time it out perfectly and to make sure they got it, he had somebody, like, editing actual film on set in like a, a a trailer right there and like if they needed 12 more seconds of like a guitar solo for a scene they would like re-choreograph it on the spot yeah yeah it's just like a way that no one's ever worked before well thank god this was a hit because <laughs> if this wasn't a hit <laughs> yeah. it would have buried edgar Wright because yeah. it would have been two big misses it's like, his, uh his most successful film mm-hmm. and it was tristar pictures most successful film since basic instinct oh, 92 sure. that's pretty or, wild but that was also funded by another company called district nine and i guess somebody else and then hook was 91 before it so really <laughs> The the best movie that oh, TriStar did Hook. was Hook ninety one, and you can get the fuck out of here. Don't you ever talk down about Hook in front of my uh, Harlem Shuffle? This is the original. It was, I think, most famously covered by the Rolling Stones on one of their kind of dingy eighties records. I think it was like the actual lead single off of it, and it's the Rolling Stones version is fine. <laughs> it's like a lot worse than this version, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, there's a Rinder and Lewis cover that I really like, like a disco, kind of a tallow disco cover. And then um, there is, it, it shows up again in this, there's a cover in this movie that's not on the soundtrack. Because this is him, he's kind of celebrating his successful job. And then after the second job, which goes like a little bit awry, there's like a similar scene where he's he's carrying coffee, but everything's kind of like out of sync. Yeah, it's the same coffee Ronnie's doing, but it's all wonky. He, yeah, he's listening to like a different version of the song. Yeah, and is now was this the first time that you know the bam 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 at the beginning of House? Yeah, of that, Pain, that's the House of Pain around. sample. The sample, but is that this is the the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. this is yeah. the source. Yeah, yeah. It's every time I hear that, I just want to like go right in to jump around. <laughs> There is a lot of, I think Edgar Wright isn't that much older than I am. And I think that his experience, like old music in a similar way, where a lot of it, his entryways is from the songs that sampled music. And then Mm -hmm. he, and so I, he definitely made like a strong attempt to include a bunch of songs on here that are kind of include these like very familiar little hooks. And then uh, later in the soundtrack, there's a lot of the, the songs that have sampled the songs that are earlier in the movie. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of like uh, mirroring and looping. It's cool. It's all well done. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into track three. This is Jonathan Richman and the Modern Lovers with Egyptian Reggae.
I'm a big fan of Jonathan Richmond, especially like the Modern Lovers, early Modern Lovers record, which was uh, it, what it had the the keyboard player from who went on to be in the Talking Heads, and then uh, the drummer. The drummer went on to do something really cool too. I J- Jerry Harrison went on to be the the keyboardist in Talking Heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Robinson uh, went on to co-found the Cars. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. The first Modern Lovers record, I think, was produced by John Cale from the Velvet Underground. It kind of balanced like a very hip New York aesthetic with Jonathan Richmond's like weird, overly earnest delivery. And then I think once Jonathan Richmond kind of, this is the second iteration where a lot of those original members are gone. Yeah, because this is like the band that's famous for having like one album that like changed punk music. Yeah, yeah. With like Roadrunner and, and all that. Yeah, right. Um, and then Jonathan Richmond became, he kind of turned into more of a troubadour and he's. You know, kind of wanders around like rural Boston <laughs> yeah. and just like plays guitar Shoot to this day. Oh, he, make, he, he makes Brian Ferry look like Mick Jagger. He's just like <laughs> the way he sings about girls. He's like, I just want a girlfriend. People are like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> this is playing when. um. I guess after their first score, we meet Kevin Spacey's character Doc, and uh, Griff is making fun of uh, who's one of like the guys that was in the in the heist. Uh, I was like, "Hey, what are you, you know, what are you listening to?" Like that sort of thing. And this is the song that Baby's listening to in his headphones. And oh then, yeah, it's uh, the Punisher. Right? Yeah, John, the Punisher. John Barthnall. 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 Back in the day, you <laughs> would just would have been Johnny Danger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then he, he has that line shortly after this. He's like, if you don't see me again, I'm probably dead. <laughs> or like, well, <laughs> I'm dead. And then he's never, you never see him again. You're like, That's one of the things that I really like about this movie. Stuff. There's this thing where it's like Kevin Spacey puts together these crews, Kevin Spacey's character, and it's like never, the, never the same crew twice. Right. And so it's these very kind of... I would say distinct characters, but there there always seems to be somebody in the crew that wants to bully Baby. Yeah, was <laughs> mean to Baby. Uh, but I think it's cool that this guy, you're like, oh, it's that one guy, and then you just never see him again. Yeah. Yeah, I like that aspect. I also think everyone has neck tattoos. <laughs> like, it's, it's maybe part of his, like, requirement besides Baby. It's like, you got to have a neck tattoo. It's no one can identify you. You have a neck tattoo. I wonder, maybe, maybe it was like uh, in the middle of production, there was some scheduling issues, and they're like, well, like maybe Jamie Foxx comes in for the second half <laughs> and he just takes over. Yeah, he would have been wrapped up with, I don't know, what would Jimmy Foxx, Django maybe at the time? Who knows? He's out in you know, Canada in the snow or something. But it's like uh, Flea comes in for one job and yeah, Flea's he, great. He survives. He survives. His buddy doesn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, we lose one. And we lose one of them. <laughs> if you remember, just like seeing this movie in, in in the theaters, the music was so so loud. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the music is. Maybe it was the particular screening, but I was I was deaf by the end of this screening. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I guess it's revealed that he has tinnitus, baby. So that's why he wears the headphones. It doesn't really explain the sunglasses. He wears the sunglasses all the time indoors. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Makes him right. feel invisible. <laughs> Makes him feel invisible. I feel like, I think my big issue with this is they've given, uh, with this movie, is they've given baby like one too many quirks. It's like, well, I record everything people say, so I use it with my music. Also, uh, I have a, a deaf uh, foster father. 
Um, also, uh, I have tinnitus and I have to have my headphones in and I drive all the time. I've been boosting I, cars since I was 12. You're like, that's have, so many things. Yeah. A hundred iPods from iPods. all the cars of people that I've stolen. <laughs> I, I make my own music with things that I record around. Like one of those. And I don't quirks, talk. And I don't talk. I don't like to talk. <laughs> I one like, of those quirks is enough for a whole movie. <laughs> I really like the, uh, the iPod detail where it's all the different, it's like the ones that he's from cars that he's stolen. Cause he has like bejeweled ones yeah. and it explains why he has like such a diverse musical taste because he just like steals ipods and listens to all the music that yeah. these people are listening to yeah because it's all over the map which is, yeah. is kind of cool and, he's, and then you know, it also <laughs> like he never talks to anybody about anything so like later when he's talking about the band t-rex he, he calls them treks yeah 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 <laughs> it's a great little detail <laughs> like yeah deborah by treks yeah. like, t-rex <laughs> <laughs> says it it's of all the bands there's a period yeah. in it so i don't know <laughs> you know it could have been you know whoever downloaded that could have been the napsters the, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't have the punctuation yeah. should we hear track four i'd love to this is googie renee with smoky joe's la la Googie Renee. Googie. I think this is in the genre of jazz that I like the most, which is just basically rock and roll. Not jazz? Yeah, it's not jazz at all. <laughs> but I can kind of be like, oh, yeah, you want to hear some jazz? Yeah. Just because it has piano. It's <laughs> a little jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just rock. Yeah. Googie's a uh, American musician, band leader, songwriter, active uh, from the 50s through the 70s. My nickname as a baby was the Googs. So, <laughs> your parents love googie renee googie yeah googie <laughs> so when we're talking about the film i kind of uh especially on rewatch i feel like the weakness of the film might be the leads and uh my favorite part is john ham yeah i love john ham in this he the the role was written for him i know yeah Buddy. i know that he's i yeah. think he's friends with edgar, edgar wright yeah. in real yeah, life. john ham's pretty ridiculous in this he's full ham yeah and like you can tell he's like they definitely wrote him a cool part. He gets to do it all, and then he gets to be, you know, spoiler alert, the guy that, like, won't die at the end, which is always a fun role. <laughs> Maybe it's not, like, um, the most clever thing, but I think it's great how he's always the most sympathetic of these unsympathetic crews, mm -hmm. and he's always defending Baby. And then not through any twist of, like, oh, it turns out that he was actually the bad guy. It's just uh, because of what happens, he <laughs> turns out to be the bad guy at the end. Yeah. And his backstory is pretty cool. It's that he's a, or Jamie Foxx sort of lays it out and you assume that he's dead on. But Which he never confirms, but yeah. Never confirms, you, you but you see it in his face that he's like, oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> God, got me. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a, a Wall Street guy that like, you know, couldn't keep his nose clean and then gotten like a crazy amount of debt and had to end up like robbing banks. And then he married like a stripper or something like yeah, you know, it's very in line with his um, Don Draper-esque sort of like, ah, I had to leave my... Uh, it's got the runaway yeah, love story. Leave my old family in the past and just be an asshole forever. <laughs> this was playing at uh, his apartment, by the way, where we're introduced to 
Joseph or CJ Jones, who's actually deaf in real life. Is he actually that old? Because no, yeah, <laughs> it looks weird. He looks weird. <laughs> it looks weird. He's got that. They like, did a uh, great job on the aging. He's got that Prometheus makeup. <laughs> yeah, he's got the like, Guy Pierce Prometheus makeup. Like no the, eyes. The Back to the Future makeup. Everyone <laughs> just looks <laughs> horrifying. Back to the Future too. I was <laughs> expecting the whole time, just like Prometheus. I'm like, there's got to be a flashback where we see this this guy as a young deaf man, <laughs> yeah. like picking up baby as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, so. The role was written for somebody in his mid 80s and then they found cj jones who's actually uh deaf and they're like well he's great like oh my gosh this guy's perfect but he's like you know half the age so let's just keep him in the mid 80s so it like it makes sense for him being as old as you know being a foster parent would be i guess okay that makes me feel better because i was like this guy doesn't look good yeah pretty terrifying let's see how terrifying track five is this is the beach boys with let's go away for a while terrifying stuff <laughs> brian will yep. uh, inside the mind of brian wilson <laughs> <laughs> it was like a vice interview someone was asking edgar right you know because this uh soundtrack in total is like 30 tracks of like all pretty well-known songs <laughs> yeah they're like this must have been like really really expensive like how did you manage this and you know he's like it's not as ex- expensive as you think if you do it right and like didn't really elaborate <laughs> mm. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> well, he wrote a lot of them into the script. I think the original script had like 10 songs and it was always his idea. Obviously. Storyboarded out. Yeah. To do yeah. it to the music. And I think when you approach a band or like, you know, a, a, a company or whoever owns the music rights, like this is how we're going to use it. And this is what it's going to sound like. And like, here it is. Like, check it out. I Maybe think they seem more genuine or they're more willing. It's yeah. It's not as expensive. I think so. Cause they know what they're getting. I, I mean, I don't know. I could be completely Maybe. wrong, yeah. but it's probably right. I saw that he did get, they got sued for using one of the songs apparently without getting the right, which seems strange to me, but well, it was but the think, black keys, but then they cut it from them. <laughs> they, just, they have just a legal stop team. Suing they have the most powerful legal team. And <laughs> how did they even know? <laughs> Black Keys sued him for the John Spencer Blues Explosion song. <laughs> yeah. We are blues. We invented blues. How many times we do we have to tell? Explosions. I feel like we've heard from the Beach Boys like so many times on a lot of soundtracks we've done. Like we've touched on Brian Wilson's like weird songs where he gives directions to his house. Mm-hmm. You know, busy doing nothing. Take a left on the hill. Yeah, I mean, late Beach Boys is is a real journey uh into insanity into a sandbox into a sandbox well, in somebody's have, living room here's something i, I probably shouldn't funny. even bring this up because it's going to betray like a lot of my ignorance about the beach boys but something that i keep kind of discovering is so when i think about the beach boys it's like they start with the crazy surf stuff yeah and then Brian, crazy like no it's like crazy <laughs> like the like saint nick song 
It's just like surfing Santa, or, you know, just like fucking weirdo <laughs> shit. It's like mall music. Yeah, it's well, insane. It's, it's like, who super, else can surf? It's what super weird. Yeah. And then it uh, might be terrible. And then it's mostly terrible. But yeah. Brian Wilson, he stops touring, and then he just starts writing while they go on tour, and that's when things get like really good. And then uh, it kind of peaks with Pet Sounds, and then he do- he writes Good Vibrations. And then has like a mental breakdown before Smile can come out. And Smile's Mm -hmm. like the album that never comes out. I always thought that the Beach Boys kind of ended there. And then there was like Kokomo when I was a kid. And uh, But I think there's a bunch of like records in there Mm -hmm. without Brian Wilson involved. And every once in a while I'll hear a song that doesn't sound like the Beach Boys at all. That turns out to be the Beach Boys from like the late 70s or mid 70s. Yeah, Mike. I mean, Mike Love was like the driving force behind the band. Really, I think Brian Wilson was the genius, but Mike Love was like he was the real surfer. We need more hits for surfing. There's also a we gotta get in the Pontiac. I think there's a Dennis Wilson uh, solo album that's pretty highly regarded. Oh yeah, nowadays I didn't know that. Yeah, very cool. I don't know about the Beach Boys. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I've, I've, I've plugged it before, but please watch their uh, acceptance into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's it's really good. Oh. Assalamu alaikum, brother. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. I see you, man. <laughs> I didn't hear you say alaikum salam. <laughs> Dude, my club. I hate oh, my club. pretty insane. <laughs> it's calling out the, be- or the Beatles right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of track six. This is Carla Thomas with Baby. the classic like Stax record sound she's the yeah. the queen of memphis soul yeah carla, carla thomas. thomas yeah i think her dad was like a, a successful kind of novelty r&b uh, rufus thomas is yeah. that his name rufus yeah. thomas yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it during research i didn't, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't rattle that name off <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, this, Rufus? This, oh, yeah, this Rufus. Sound, like, what it, you know, this sounds exactly like the early kind of Otis Redding as far as like yeah. the backing band and the production. Very Motown, very mm-hmm. Wall of Sound. Stax Records, style. Georgia. Yeah. So good. Yeah, Stax Records, man. Memphis. Memphis soul, baby. Memphis. Yeah, yeah man. So Baby is told uh, by Deborah, like, oh, you got all the great songs because your name is Baby. I only have one by Trex, <laughs> T-Rex, and, yeah. uh, and Beck. Uh, yeah. But do you guys have any songs with your names, Caleb and Nick? No. <laughs> no mm. Christopher either, unless it's about Santa Claus, Chris Kringle. Oh, yeah. There's, I, got a, I got a Beach Boys song to sell you. Oh, nice. There's, <laughs> some, Saint there's some Saint Nick songs floating around <laughs> yeah, out there. We don't have to get into that. Right dude. <laughs> Christmas babies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Track seven? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Cashmere Stage Band with Cashmere. Cashmere. <laughs> 
There you have it. Yeah, they're like a they were like a high school prep band or something. I yeah, think. out of uh, Northeast Houston. This is like oh. from the Cashmere Gardens uh, neighborhood. Very cool. Not, you know these dudes? A little bit far from where I grew up, but not too far. Yeah. Close uh, but yeah, apparently a high school curated jazz and funk band, which I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. I well, mean, pre- pretty good for like a high school band. Yeah, I think that this record has become kind of culty in that it, the drum loops have been sampled in a lot of things. Makes sense. And uh, especially that part at the end was sampled in a Handsome Boy modeling school track, which also appears in the movie, but isn't on the soundtrack, which is uh, Kid Koala is part of Handsome Boy, I think. And he worked also on the soundtrack. We'll hear from him maybe next week. This is when uh, Baby is meeting the crew for the second heist, which includes Flea, Jamie Foxx, and Lanny June. JD and uh, Flea is named Eddie No-No's. Yeah, I feel like everybody gets the fake names, but it's like Eddie No knows. That's probably what everybody knows him as, right? Yeah, it's a street name that like is yeah. included on the police record, yeah, yeah. aka Eddie No Knows. <laughs> yeah, and it's Flea. He's like the most recognizable person in the world, and he's got kind of a weird nose in this, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a weird bandage. They say like Eddie No Knows used to be used, a, used yeah. to be known as Eddie the Nose. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's known. What happened? He's like, shut up. <laughs> There's so many musicians acting in this movie. I know. You got Flea. You got Jamie Fox. You got uh, Ferrara. Sky Fiera. Sky Fiera. Playing the mom. A- apparently, Jamie Foxx narrated a documentary called Thunder Soul, a documentary film about Cashmere Stage Band. No way. Oh. Yeah. I'd have to like look for that Interesting. and see like if they're actually high school kids playing on the recordings <laughs> or if that's just like something that they said. Yeah. No, I think. And then just got like players to come in. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they were, you know, they moved on from high school when they actually recorded, but... Curious. Yes. Curious indeed. Curious. Yeah. You're skeptical. Yeah. The amount bit. of like <laughs> trivia and movie details in this in this movie is is pretty astounding. It, we should mention that it's uh, filmed in Atlanta. Was supposed to be set in L.A. and then like just tax breaks made it like well, we got to film in <laughs> Atlanta. So they rewrote it, but they used um, like I guess local Atlanta writers to like rewrite it to the Atlanta like landscape oh this probably explains why they uh linked up with the atl twins which we can get to a little bit later yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. yeah is that i mean i know that killer mike and big boy show up yeah. in a cameo in the film they're in it they're uh, kevin spacey atlanta royalty yeah <laughs> this um, movie's crazy <laughs> ansel elgort is oddly actually the two the two leads are the only ones attempting any sort of southern accent yeah everybody everybody else, uh, everybody else just sounds like they sound <laughs> Atlanta's pretty metropolitan. I yeah. don't think I know some Atlanta friends. I don't think any of them have too thick of an accent. But that's true. I, have I, I never thought I had an accent, and then some people say I do. So it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell, man? But, but yeah, Lily James. Well, she's British, so I guess like if she's gonna learn any sort of like voice transition for this, it should be somewhat. And she's you know you know she's a, a waitress server so like maybe I don't know you never know yeah. at the at Ansel the Elgort oh. he he's from some uh, what the basement of the Hague or something where is he from <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't some, know some Scandinavian tree fort that he grew up <laughs> is in he really no, I don't know <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdo his music is bad by the way yeah oh. fuck you Ansel <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Let's get into track eight before we take a break. This is Dave Brubeck with Unsquare Dance. 
Dave Brubeck. I actually really, really like Dave Brubeck. Yeah, man, famous uh, jazz piano player, probably most famous for uh, Take Five. Take Five. Uh, got a lot of Brubeck shoved down our throats in music school. Oh, <laughs> really? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> time, time signature stuff. Oh, yeah. He's a great uh, classroom example for arranging and odd meter. Yeah, what, yeah. What's the meter of this one? I think in classic Brubeck form, that's uh, that's in five. That's in five. I'm going to say five. It uh, says here seven four, but I don't know. <laughs> This interesting. This is the moment uh, in Berkeley when the J.K. Simmons character comes out <laughs> and is like, LaGrosta! Yeah. <laughs> What's the signature? And you're like, I think it's... <laughs> I just leave the classroom bleeding from the hands and I'm not even a drummer. Yeah, I'm playing piano. <laughs> yeah. You guy's a monster. <laughs> uh, this is playing when... Um, the first time you you find out like is he paying attention to anybody he's wearing his headphones all the time and then you know kevin spacey i guess or first of all uh, jamie fox is like yeah i don't think baby's paying attention at all why don't he, do you even know what's going on and then he recites it verbatim exactly and so you're like so now he has like perfect memory you have too many things he has too many quirks now <laughs> well, he has like photographic memory it can repeat exactly what somebody says then but, why do you need to record it <laughs> I think a lot of it. Very true. People don't realize he can uh, read lips because of of his foster dad. Yeah, I think is. Uh, uh, that's why he pays attention so good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, this movie is just getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> Brubeck. I I think that so every once in a while I try to like uh, dip into free jazz because it's kind of uh, I'm like oh this is supposed to be I'm supposed to like this yeah and you're like you're like okay okay and then you're like no 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 no. what are you listening to though you know coltrane and stuff like i mean okay. stuff that i i like to a point and then it gets away from me and uh i think in my heart i'm a dave dave brubeck kind of jazz guy i mean the, i think the, i'm a square coltrane kind of lost his mind at one point in time <laughs> where like it's i can't even follow it or you know want to listen to it yeah so you're not alone is it like this you know the crazy scribblings of a madman that were all like these crazy like beat structure like wheels and stuff yeah and then just a lot of graphic ideas and you know just uh once he there was some ledge that he went off yeah kind of midway towards the end and it's just uh it's it's real wild I try to get into sun raw sometimes too I like uh, some the orchestra yeah yeah it's just it's too much I saw them play live like uh well he passed away a long time ago but his mm-hmm. the remaining band members and uh yeah it's just like unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's that fear that I think men of a certain age all uh, all have which is like oh like do I like jazz? Like should I be going to jazz clubs? I should get more jazz records. I should bring friends over to listen to jazz. And then it's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't get into that. My ponytail, I gotta, I gotta cut it. I'm trying to do it, man. My, my brain is aging like a, inside of oak barrel. <laughs> That's about uh, halfway through the part one oh. of the Baby Driver soundtrack. Okay, so a fourth in total. <laughs> yeah. Those keeping track at home. So far, so good. So we are going to recommend a song to the track listing Spotify playlist at the end of this episode, our favorite baby song. Mm-hmm. And next week, we're going to recommend our favorite driver song. So you guessed it. <laughs> you, have a, you have a whole week to, uh, to try to predict our, our recommendations. And then I think we have a game after the break. That's right. I prepared a game for everybody. All right. I'm scared already. You should be. <laughs> Stick with us. You should be scared. Thank you to everyone for listening to the track listing podcast and sticking with us through these crazy times that we live in in 2020. If you haven't already checked out our Instagram, please do. That's at track listing podcast and check out our Twitter. That's at track listing pod. 
If you enjoy the podcast and you want to tell your friends about it, we'd really appreciate it. Spread the word. Get everybody listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. And make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow our Tracklisting Spotify playlist on Spotify. You have to say Spotify twice. I didn't Do mean it to again. say it's... Start, go from the beginning. Chris, the read, beginning? Chris, read beginning. what's on the page. I was kind of thinking I'd no, just... No, if, if you could just read from the page. I'm, I'm kind of doing an improv thing here. It's kind of what I do. from the top. So, okay. okay. Uh, Chris is the comedian. Okay, uh, coming in on one. Um, and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, follow our track listing Spotify playlist. And um? I, I'm nervous. You okay. guys are really... From the top? Uh, we've been here we'll for hours, it, guys. Just do it from the top and do it right this time. Rate and review us on Spotify. <sighs> Chris, you got this. I don't. If you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> you guys are putting a lot of pressure on me. I'm cracking under pressure. Just All right. One more time. Track listing Can podcast. I just thank the listeners and let's get out of here? Start from the top. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Two, three hundred. Empire. Oh, baby gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not crying. It's, it's sweat. It's sweat <laughs> from my eyes. We better get back to the soundtrack. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Track Listing with the Baby Driver soundtrack. Before we get back, we have a round of Tinsel Tunes prepared by our very own Christopher Darden. That's right, Nick LaGrasta. Thank you very much. This is Tinsel Town Tunes Drive Edition. All these clues will take place in a car. Okay? Oh, so right, that's okay. Uh, hopefully that levels the playing field. We all remember some. Uh, some classic movies in which people sing in the car, such as Wayne's World, you know? Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that was the only one that I know. Uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber, maybe. Somebody remembers? Tom Cruise. Tom Jerry Maguire, Free Fallen. Oh, Free we're Fallen. burning through. Oh, boy. <laughs> these, might be some of the, these might be some of the clues, but I'm going to uh, play a few clues for you guys, and you guys got to identify the movie and the person that's singing. Okay. okay. And how much money is on the line? Uh, we have two hundred dollars for the win. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no money is awarded. Boo. As we all know, there are no winners in Tinseltown Tunes. Only losers. <laughs> so you guys can collaborate, and let's uh, let's just jump right in here. Let's hear what clue one is. Clue one. Okay. That uh that female voice is oh so familiar. Yeah. Is yeah. That, uh it's, it's not Drew Barrymore. It's not but Drew it's Barrymore. close. At the first at the yeah, first I thought it was that know. scene from Forty Year Old Virgin, but that's a different uh the drunk Leslie Mann. That is scene. not Leslie Mann and Forty Year Old Virgin, but you're on somewhat of the right track. Is this a an Apatow film? This is not an Apatow no. film. Is this character a little boozy, a boozy Sue's? She's silly. She's silly. I don't know if boozy would be the word. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. Yeah, let's hear it again. It's a it's a very distinct voice. Clue one. We had
missing? I'm not getting anything. What era are we talking? Is this 90s? This is 2001. Was that a Scooby? Scooby Doo sound effect? It is not a Scooby Doo sound effect, <laughs> but you're getting closer. Mm. You're Scooby actually snacks. getting closer. Getting closer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A van. A big van. <laughs> I was like, it's not Parker Posey. It's somebody like a mean girlsy. Uh, Lindsay Lohanny. 2001. 01. 01. I was a freshman in high school. Okay. Okay, this then this movie would have been right up your alley, baby. I was a sophomore in college. I probably didn't see this movie. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah? I bet you have. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Here, I'll give you a big clue. Okay. Okay, that voice saying, would you shut the fuck up and let me sing it? Mm-hmm. That's the radio. It's coming from the radio. What? <laughs> Does Wait. that make sense? No, I, don't, I really don't think I've seen this movie. It's going to turn out that it, I've seen this movie, but... I got nothing. Uh, okay. Play it one more time. One more time, and then I'm. So it's a, ah, so it's a different get, voice. Uh, a voice comes on the radio and says that. Yeah the the voice of the song. Yeah. Says shut the fuck up. If that. It'll make sense this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had Wait, was that Cameron Diaz? Ooh, interesting you say that. She has played a character that once was known, or our story was that that was based on Cameron Diaz, but it's not Cameron Diaz. Oh. <laughs> that was, you're talking about uh, Lost in Translation? Mm-hmm. Who was it? Uh, was it Anna Ferris? Anna Ferris. Yeah, that sounds like so Anna Ferris. Is this a scary movie? Or House Close. Bunny? <laughs> I've not seen this scary movie, movie two. <laughs> Did not scary see it. Movie two. No points awarded. A spoon ah. fed both y'all. I <laughs> don't accept go. either the answer. That, or <laughs> that is Anna. Fair. I knew I recognized that. Well, you like the podcast a lot, so I thought you would listen to or you you would hear that voice because it's very distinct. It's Anna it Fair. Is, yeah. Well, better okay. luck in round two. Better you luck know, in round two. I, I never watched any of those movies. You didn't? No. I'm not shocked. I don't like parody <laughs> movies. I mean, I don't even know if you can call that a parody movie. Uh, <laughs> Check out a Spinal Tap I don't know if you can call it a movie. <laughs> clue two. All right, clue two. Let's hear it. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so money and everything bring a chain of love, yeah. When I rise, bring it to- <laughs> nice ending. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, Loggins, Loggins and Messina? Is Ooh. The, the, oh, the song? The song. Uh, the Chain of Love. What is it? Chain of Love. I ain't got money. No, I ain't got I money. Think that's uh, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins and whatever Messina's for. Sorry, no points for Ooh. identifying the song. All right. Uh, somebody's <laughs> singing along, or they're not even, they're singing themselves to. Loggins and Messina, then they crash. Is this uh, from 1996? It is not from 1996. <sighs> you are five years off. Right. I- I'm going to say... <laughs> I don't think I've seen this movie either. I bet you have. Okay, okay. I bet you have. These are all popular movies. But you said that last time, and I hadn't seen it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so this, uh, another 2001-er? This is another 2001-er. Another 2001-er. <laughs> all right, play it one more time. Clue two. 
Is this a comedy? Or is this yes. Is that, okay, uh, yeah. is that Road Trip? Ooh, no. It's ah, not Road Trip. Okay. But I think maybe Road Trip is a little ahead of 2001, maybe. But. Uh, I think you're in the right... That's in the right vicinity. Um, American Pie. Age-wise. Give us a hint. I, I know both of you have seen this. I can, and, and if not, Caleb, if you haven't... <laughs> Caleb. 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 I'm, I'm looking at you, bud. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> I'm going to be upset. But I'm pretty sure. Uh, 2001, again, still a freshman in high school. That didn't change. This is a, this is a classic film. A sophomore in college, I probably wasn't watching a ton of movies. Um, oh, man, this is dead air. Mm. Thinking like, uh, dude, where's my car? But it's not. He sounds Funnier little, than that. Sounds a little Southern. It's funny. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I still, it, I'll put it this way. I still attest that this is a very funny movie. It, like I unironically enjoy it quite a bit. Super Troopers, give us some. Give us a hint. It's had two reboots that were both TV shows. What two reboots? Two reboots. They're um, both TV shows. Uh, but this is a movie. Like anger management had a uh, Reno nine one one. Close. You're very close with Reno nine one one. Yeah, for specific reasons. Oh oh. <laughs> Is this the, the summer camp movie? What is it called? Oh, Wet, Wet Hot, Hot American, American Summer. Summer. Have you not seen this movie? I have not seen uh, it. Seen it. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes. That's right. Uh, Showalter. Uh, yes, no. This can you state. Name, it's a bunch of people from the state. Can you name who the singer is? Michael Ian Black? No. Is it like Bradley Cooper or something? It's Ken Marino in okay. Wet Hot American Summer. Ah. Next clue. This not, is good. You guys, you guys aren't going to be happy with this. I've seen that movie so many times and uh, I guess it just didn't. Uh, yeah, clue three. It's a. Yeah, anyway. Clue three. <laughs> She brings all the boys to the bar. My life is better than yours. Their life is better than yours. My milkshake, but I have to charge. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Their life is better than yours. It's a moment we've all had while driving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very familiar. I'm less, unfortunately, I'm less confident that you guys have seen this movie. Uh, 2001? 2013. 2013. 13. It's based on the car. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I remember... I want to say like super bad. In Booksmart, there was like an Uber driver thing, but that's that movie's way more recent. Oh, like 2019. Yeah. 2013. And then Taxi, that Jimmy Fallon thing was like earlier than that. But this Thought is, about is, putting on Taxi. Is, is this an Uber driver? <laughs> no. Let's Too hear a clue for Too early for him. Was that like Aziz Ansari? <laughs> it's a woman. <laughs> yeah. It's a woman singing. <laughs> way off. <laughs> well, uh, um, do you think I've seen this movie? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh man, we're doing oh, no. good. Uh, how about a uh, how about a clue? This also stars a comedy legend, Jason Bateman. He is he is the one driving in the scenario. Is it Melissa McCarthy? McCarthy. Can you name the movie? 
I have not seen this movie. I think it's called Identity Thief. <laughs> it is Identity Thief. Oh. Melissa McCarthy. Very, very good, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. I thought you, I thought you guys get it. Very good. I thought you guys would get we it. We do have to move on to round four. Let's hear clue number four. If I remember correctly, is that song used in Superbad? Um, I don't know. It was Parliament? Yeah, Parliament, Give Up the Funk from Mothership Connection. But who was, who would have that be singing? Cold. <laughs> Ooh, Ice Cold, huh? Ice Cold. I'm trying to think of movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Soul Brother or something. You're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, fuck me for thinking that you've seen one of the greatest comedy classics of our time, uh, Wet Hot American American Summer. Summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Come on. People love it. You're in college. Give up the funk. (laughs) All right. Come on. Uh, uh, Soul Brothers pretty darn close. I don't think that's the name of an actual movie. Is this um, Eddie Griffin? It is Eddie Griffin. Hey. Is is it where he plays? It's a movie that I've not seen. (laughs) Hey. Where he plays like a s- secret agent. Do you know the name? You're so close. Uh, it's. <laughs> hold on, let me think about this. Got a year on that? 2002. 2002. Eddie Griffin, what other movies has he started? That is his voice. It's like a. It's it's kind of a parody of like black exploitation. <laughs> yeah. You've he, already got one of the words. Secret agent. Said. Uh, it's not Soul Brothers, Soul Man, something. Oh, God. Uh. I got nothing. The answer is Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother. Eddie Griffin, Undercover Brother. Fantastic. That is another round of (laughs) Chris's Tinsel Town Dude. All right. I must have better luck. I mean, Caleb, you did pretty good. I don't think I got $200 on that one. I guess I recognize Eddie Griffin's voice. Yeah. Uh. I mean, strangely enough, my mom has met Eddie Griffin and I've seen him in real life. Oh. My mom sat down at his reserve table and his uh, bouncer person came over and was like, you got to get out of here. And, and Eddie Griffin was like, don't, no, they, they're fine. You <laughs> yeah. can sit with us. So they sat with Eddie Griffin for a little bit. That's all this. Yeah. good. And I saw him at a hotel. Thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to get back to the Baby Driver soundtrack, disc one. We are coming back in on track number nine. This is The Damned with Neat, Neat, Neat. I'm not huge into the damn. This is off of their first record, but this song is very good in my mind. This is actually a good part of the movie too. This is the second heist, and this is a song where <laughs> he like creeps everybody out because he starts playing the song, and then something interrupts, and he like has to rewind it, and people are all fucked. It's the masks. Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the Mike Mike Myers masks, not Michael yeah, Myers. Not masks. Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. Flea, Flea was instructed to go buy the Michael Myers mask, and he gets a bunch of Austin Powers masks. I, I think, it, yeah. Was it JD or was it uh, Flea? Oh, no, it was JD. You're it was right. JD. It was JD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes some trivia appears on IMDb that you're like, I don't think that's true. No, I think this thing is true. <laughs> you think this thing I've, is true? Because I've heard this in multiple places. It's that uh, they were supposed to use the Michael Myers masks, which is what w- Doc was instructed them to buy, which was like the Halloween mask. And then they couldn't get the clearance from the like the Halloween people. And in the original script, they were just it wasn't a big joke. They were just that was just the costume. I thought that the the joke was something different where it was gonna I can't remember what the joke well, was. What I have read twice on IMDb was, Go on. was that they couldn't get the clearance to use the Halloween masks, so they were like, well, okay, let's turn it into a joke, and let's talk to Mike Myers and see if we can use masks of him, and he like laughed and okay, approved it, because Edgar Wright called him directly. But um, yeah. I, don't, I, I feel like that seems to be a long distance just to go... <laughs> Yeah, a long way around just for a laugh. I feel like I remember reading that it was the joke was somehow different, where it was like one mask was going to be the wrong Michael Myers, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't Austin Powers. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was like a Shrek mask or something. Just one person had the wrong mask. It was maybe going to be like a Shrek mask or something, where it's like, I thought we were all going to be like Mike Myers characters. But then, oh. and like Shrek would have been something that would be hard to get the license for. Oh, maybe that was. It was something like that. I don't know. But, um, uh, but yeah. The, no one will ever know. The yeah. visual gag that they all have. <laughs> Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Mask. I think it was great. Yeah, yeah. And so, a uh, little tidbit is the Halloween mask originally was anyone? It was uh, William Shatner. William Shatner from Star Trek. And they just, yeah, painted it white and. I think it was actually William Shatner's wig. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> it's pretty terrifying. I do like that track by the Damned. It kind of sounds like a sped up "Caress Me Down" by Sublime, or Sublime is like a slowed down version yeah. of this song. Whichever one came first, probably the Damned. <laughs> this came yeah way before. Yeah, I saw some people. There was some list where this baseline was listed as like one of the. It was some. I think it was Enemy made like a list of like. Of course, everything was British, but uh, yeah, this is a great baseline. Oh yeah, love it. I feel the rest of the the crew is right to be skeptical of Baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he has the headphones in, and then literally as you're about to exit the the car, he's like, wait, I need to rewind the song. I'd be like, pause, but what? (laughs) Pretty sketchy. (laughs) We're about to, like, kill people, maybe, and you stop me to, like, mess with your iPod for a second? I I think we need to read, like... (laughs) Also, part of, like, having a different crew every time, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, every time somebody's like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a new person has to come in. It's and, all got to sync up for baby. And, you know, Doc is constantly defending why he's using baby. But. I kind of picture, like, Kevin Spacey's character in his office, and he's got a bunch of, like, post-it notes, and he's like, who do I need for this next job? I need, well, obviously baby. Then it's like, who's going to bully baby? Well, I could have bats or, you know, I've, actually, I've got, like, five different people that come in and be the bully. Yeah, yeah we need a bully. <laughs> This seems pretty good. I actually think, I guess probably the first bank job is one of the funnest action scenes because like mm-hmm. with the red Subaru, and yeah. it's like a legitimately great like chase scene. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah. This is like as a job that goes wrong and they're, it's pretty crazy, but it's like. From that uh, soldier boy, the guy that like, they show him walking to yeah. his car and you're like, oh, this guy's going to be trouble for some reason, I was gonna but say, I don't this, know. Having it set in Atlanta like serves a film here. If oh, it was, yeah. 
It was going to be it was like originally going to be L.A., right? Yeah, no like, one yeah, would have done with this guy because this guy has like a fucking machine gun in his car, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. At some point, he just starts spraying. Yeah, yeah like an oh, automatic yeah. rifle in the back seat. But like Atlanta, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Georgia, Texas, Florida. Oh, for sure. People are <laughs> like, just they're just every day they wake up praying for something like this to happen. That this guy, guy, that guy is like not quitting to a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, just like fuck off. And the guy hangs out at the bank hoping someone robs it. <laughs> He can dr- like what was he doing he was hanging in the back parking lot of the bank during like daylight hours mm-hmm. the, you don't need to use the back <laughs> pull up to the front yeah it's pretty wild but yeah great car chase after this uh we talked about you mentioned the the red subaru in the first one. Oh yeah ansel elgort was given that same car as a gift at the end of the movie wonder it's, if he still got the subaru it's his, own, it's his now personal car for committing his own crimes in real life <laughs> apparently so <laughs> On that note, (laughs) let's jump into track number 10. This is the Commodores with Easy. the Lionel Richie era of the Commodores where he was the co-lead singer. Yeah, well, this mm-hmm. it reminds me a little bit of, I remember it in the, the last days of Wham, there was some uh, songs that were obviously just George Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he was like, yeah, we're still Wham. And he gave the other guy like some songwriting credits, even though the other guy yeah. like probably never heard the song. Hey, we wrote 10 songs this weekend. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check them out. This is us. This is <laughs> yeah, like... Andrew's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lionel Richie like has one foot out the door and he's just like doing Lionel Richie songs. This sounds like, you you know, there's a lot of Commodore songs where you can't like hear Lionel Richie. And this is like a Lionel Richie song. Oh, yeah, it's great. Really good song. And this is one of the uh, only tracks that Edgar Wright had not conceived as being in the movie. This was like they sprung in uh, Ansel's audition. The choreographer and Edgar were like, well, let's see what happens if he tries to lip sync to a song. And apparently he didn't know too many songs from the uh, from the working soundtrack at the point. So they were just like, what can you lip sync off the top of your head? And he's like, easy? The Commodores. They were like, good track. Yeah, yeah and, it fits. And then it like totally worked its way into the movie on so many levels because it's the song that his mom that passes yeah. away she recorded a single version of this yeah so it's uh pretty it's interesting one of like the biggest songs in the movie which yeah. is cool this is playing while he's uh it's also while he like takes that car with um uh, yeah, lanny june's body and jd's that. body oh yeah unfortunate korean gentleman into the trash compactor <laughs> yeah, oh yeah <laughs> which was oh, so kevin's face is like we're all even you're all paid up you don't have to do anything else oh except dispose of this body which is like that's a big favor to ask is to dispose there is, of there body. is some we'll call it management issues when it's like you know it's like maybe uh jamie fox's character wouldn't be happy about disposing of the body because he's just not happy about anything yeah but it's like there's only one person on the crew with any like moral ambiguity of like i don't know it's like 
Good job. You yeah. want to get rid of this Korean gentleman that you've been spending the last couple of days with? <laughs> it should be like, look, bats. You killed the guy. You got. You know the rules. You can't just kill somebody and expect us to clean up after it. I'm glad you. Thank you for letting me know he left his shotgun. Like that is that's a faux pas. <laughs> Couldn't have been a better scene to uh, play the song in in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is he's he thinks he's out. But they kept reeling him back. <laughs> All right, Nikki. What's next? Let's jump into track eleven. This is Trex. <laughs> this is T Rex with Deborah. Yeah, this is uh, Mark Bolin at his most kind of hippy dippy <laughs> drum <I'm>, circle. <laughs> I brought it up before where I think that it's. I would give it maybe 50-50 on whether this is just a bullshit story. But supposedly, uh, you know, like a lot of these early rock musicians out of Britain, they kind of like discovered rock and roll through these like LPs or just kind of floating around yeah. these like blues Old songs. blues stuff, yeah, coming in from and Liverpool. Yeah, so it was kind of like there was a lot of, especially the early Stones, early Beatles, there's a lot of like mimicking a lot of early rock music and kind of inter- interpreting in like weird ways. And uh, the story with Mark Bolan is that he would, for whatever reason, he would take the 45s or he would take the 33s and turn them to 45 and sing along with them sped up. Mm-hmm. And so that's where he developed the weird warbly, you know, which is like if you, if you speed up vocals, they, they like tremble like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but this is like, <laughs> there's a lot of T-Rex songs that yeah, are this could definitely start that legend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is early on. I don't know. I think, you know, this is not a single off of that record. I think it's a pretty palatable record. It's a pretty good record. I choose to believe that anecdote uh, and whether or not he subconsciously did it. I think maybe it had an impact Yeah. if he did switch it to 45. The next song is also called Deborah with a different spelling. But mm-hmm. listeners, can you guess the T-Rex spelling of Deborah? D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Nope. And that was the one we just heard. And this one's D-E-B-R-A. There's no H, right? There's no H. T-Rex is D-E-B-O-R-A, Deborah. Well, fuck. And <laughs> up next, track 12, we have Deborah yeah, it's by a- Beck, D-E-B-R-A. They lay it out in the movie pretty, <laughs> pretty yeah. clearly. Yeah, so. it's pretty too, yeah. everything in, about music in this movie is pretty on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Here's Beck. I just got to get, get with you. were making fun of this scene but i actually love this scene and that even though it's a very i don't want to say stilted but it's this is like you know when you when you're first 
in a relationship or talking to somebody like the idea of bonding over music and the the idea that baby would only know the t-rex song because he's like a weirdo that's like into these old like ipods yeah <laughs> and she knows the beck song because it's like oh yeah my name's you know deborah and this is a song deborah and it's i don't know it seemed that part of like all the dialogue between them i was like oh yeah this is like falling this- in love at the laundromat <laughs> seems yeah. like a real thing do you like music i because i like music, yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> it's music. Like definitely one of the first things you say <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like yeah if you were if your name was deborah you would and you were her age you would know the beck song but you would not probably especially but <laughs> beck like who i've never seen deborah spelled this way <laughs> it's like <laughs> d-e-b-r-a deborah. yeah deborah 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 <laughs> it's like a common uh like misconception that any deborah would be spelled like that yeah, yeah well deborah messing actually oh maybe yeah you know what I think it's fine. Yeah, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I think it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, Beck, when when I was like in junior high or something, Loser came out and Beck was kind of a one-hit wonder. And then a few years later when I was in high school, you know, he had his big, I can't remember what the, Mellow Gold? Odele. Odele. Yeah. Mellow Gold was like the first record. Then Odele was like the big breakout that had like all the hits. Yeah. And all of a sudden Odelay it was, was like so good. a huge 90s, you know, it was kind of like alternative rock but he was like kind of a like a star. Yeah. And then when I was in college, even though I think this album might have come out, Midnight Vultures, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. When I was uh, maybe still in high school, but it was when I was in college. That's when I feel like Beck kind of crossed over into, I feel like he's had a career of kind of being, uh, I'd say like indie stalwart, like, you know, maybe breaking into mainstream radio mm-hmm. periodically. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, this is a very kind of weird kitschy sounds like a flight of the concord song oh, yeah, that's exactly what i was thinking too it sounds like it's a parody song <laughs> it, really it is does. a parody yeah yeah it's like he wants to sleep with a girl and his sister like that's it literally could be in the it's flight the, of the, it's the Jimi hendrix red house yeah <laughs> it's just like his updated version of that yeah. uh but yeah but people wouldn't i was in college people people love this shit like in art school and uh i think yeah this was kind of the beginning of the beck that we know now Remember that album, Guido, got really popular. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. College yeah. That's that, the one I was thinking of. It was like, like the, the one maybe after this or maybe two after this. It was after Midnight Vultures, and it's the one that the uh, the Dust Brothers worked on with him. Mm. Dust Brothers, Skeleton in the Closet, produced Mbop. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, no. They, uh, they, they were really well uh, known for Fight Club, yeah, Fight Club, the Fight Club soundtrack. That's, dude, that's yeah. so funny to like take a meeting with somebody and be like, all right, do we play the Mbop card or do we not? Because we exactly. want them to know we can make a hit, but we don't want them to know there was that hit. <laughs> Those guys are laughing all the way to the bank. I know, seriously. Oh, oh, man. All right, we we've got another Deborah. Another song called the yeah. Deborah. No, this is uh, track 13. This is the incredible bongo band with Bongolia. incredible 
The bongos are going to be huge. <laughs> uh, of all the bands, it's pretty good. They deliver what they promise, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot of bongo. Bongolia. Uh, <laughs> they're famous. I think their their biggest hit or their their most known song is a, their cover of Apache, yeah. which was sampled in a ton of hip hop. Now, is Bongolia a portmanteau of bongo and Mongolia? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank Absolutely. <laughs> And that's the that is the sample from Jump on It, right? Uh, no, that's so that's Apache. Lot? That's Apache. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very very similar bongo. Um, there. Bongo yeah. Score. This is I. This isn't even like probably in their top five most known songs, but there's like I feel like there's bongo loops in every single one of their tracks. Like if you, <laughs> yeah, you you better have it. If you had some sort of time machine and you were like a percussionist and you ended up back in the seventies and you somehow knew that sampling was going to happen, you would just put together this band. Yeah. And you would just cut, like, five bongo records. I mean, I wish I could just, like, go back and, like, see the dude that was, like, laying down this, like, amazing bongo. It's going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, blisters wailing, yeah. wailing on these bongos. Dude, I was at a, um, a widespread panic concert. Um, I know where this is geez, going. Years ago. This is going. And, you know, like, during the intermission, their bongo player does, like, a 25-minute, like, the, thing. It's during the pee break where the they do the break. drum solo. Yeah, which yeah. I... This was a deep understanding. They're like, well, okay, so they're going to the bathroom. I didn't know any of this. I just thought it was like a 23 minute bongo solo, and I was like checking my watch. Um, but after the show, my uh, my buddy like went up and like shook the bong, like like slapped the bongo guy's hand, and he was like, it was like a catcher's mitt, <laughs> just like <laughs> like a human blister. <laughs> like covered his hand. I was like, oh yeah, that's so that painful, man. Just it's got to. It yeah. hurts to play it for three minutes, you know. But, oh man, anyway. jam band concerts, uh, thing of the past, thing of the past. <laughs> Oh, How will we explain them to our children? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, do, will it bring shame upon them to know, for my children to know that I went to a widespread panic concert? Or are they going to be like, "Whoa, Dad is pretty cool"? Of course. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know. Before times, act. yeah. Does that take us straight into track fourteen? Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say that's that was when the the pizza delivery uh, scene was happening when he's trying to cut it straight and gets a pizza delivery job for you know one night i guess <laughs> it was i think it was for a while but i was <laughs> I don't know it's funny when i was watching the movie and i was kind of like this guy is one of the best drivers in atlanta and it's like now he's free and clear it's like what does the best driver in atlanta do for your work it's like oh yeah there's nothing you can really do it's like maybe <laughs> stunt driving yeah maybe some, nascar somehow get a yeah it's nascar country baby Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bush he's, League he's not stuff, that kind of driver. Right? You probably yeah in the movies. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? <laughs> not, I'm sorry, not that kind of driver. NASCAR. He's like a Tokyo drifting. You know, he's like a he's like doing parkour in a car. He's not. I'm sure his skills transfer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe agree, disagree. Uh, let's do track 14. We've got the Detroit Emeralds with "Baby, Let Me Take You in My Arms." Let me take you in my arms. Let me take you in my arms and hold you. Show you I love you. 
actually love that scene where the she's talking about how his name's baby and there's like so many songs for him yeah because then you, you start thinking like oh yeah i mean we'll talk about it later but this is uh this is ruining one of our baby picks i'm gonna pick this one <laughs> oh. it's on the fucking soundtrack uh this is famously sampled in a de la soul track off of uh three feet high and rising the one that samples the uh say no go it's the the hollow note sample mm. it's a it's a good track i love de la soul man <laughs> That album is amazing, and it can't. It's not on any streaming services because they can't clear the samples. Ah, is that what's happening? Yeah, because I've tried. There's a bunch of old like hip hop stuff that I can't seem to find, and it's that a makes lot so of much sense. They make work, but that was one of the Prince Paul. I think was a producer, and he was just. I don't know if they saw on the horizon that it was gonna, or if they were just like, let's fucking do it. And he was the one who was just like. All of the samples. Yeah. I'm going to fucking... And he did like a Beastie Boys record, I think. And it's just like, yeah. I'm going to fucking do his... And, but it's kind of great because he was like, <laughs> I'm going to do the the most amazing sample-heavy production ever. Yeah. And then nobody else will ever be able to do it because it nobody can be able to afford it once it became illegal. Yeah. What, what was the, the Beastie Boys one called? Uh, so I think it was Paul's Boutique. Was Paul's Boutique. Mm-hmm. And it had like... 39 samples in it or something insane (laughs) yeah yeah uh and it's everything it's not just like you know old like bluesy jazz stuff it's like all over the map yeah so this song it's it's the the very part at the beginning the but then it the track that samples that is mostly sampling what does it say no go is i can't go with that i can't go for that Oh, no can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't go for the. Oh, it's such a great. I mean, the Hollow Notes song is great. The De La Soul track is great. Yeah. And this song is really music good. has no value. Music is free. Uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as stealing from any artist. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. Well, the yeah. idea of like uh, no one should be not, paid for anything ever. Not being able to like Black oh, Keys invented blues. We to, do know that to be on Spotify, like you need to clear. It's like nobody. <laughs> nobody's making any money off of spotify except for like uh, well, there are some, ansel the, elgort the the one percent of you know music industry people take are, down the one percent i'm gonna say I, the detroit emeralds aren't making a ton of money <laughs> yeah, off yeah. of spotify i do love how often the um good artists borrow great artists steal i love how like misinterpreted by like douchebags that is it's like yeah. great artists steal so i can take whatever i want and never credit anybody because great artists steal <laughs> vanilla like, ice uh, you, you know under pressure it's a prime example <laughs> yeah like you're misinterpreting what it's like, that no it's really the means. exact same thing yeah it's yeah. the same yeah <laughs> uh, this is the you you had talked about this scene where it was like the wine glasses um are perfectly is this the one where like the there's the a scene blinking, where like yeah. there there's like the windshield wipers are going on the beat but they're also like in key that's uh that's the heist that goes wrong the at heist the post goes, office yeah. yeah at that point i was like this is this is too much to handle <laughs> i love it man i love it <laughs> we'll save that for uh for the second thing i just feel like there there are so many movies especially with the action chunks you know like uh <laughs> i'll point out like michael bay transformer movies mm-hmm. where it's like we just put up cameras everywhere do a bunch of cgi yeah if there's an explosion let's show it three times there's like no there's no intention it's just like just fucking do it and we'll figure it out later and it's like some people like tarantino they're like really like storyboard things and it's like this action is going to be as intentional as other scenes where it's like i want this to happen and then this can like the camera is as much a character as other people 
And then, you know, this is at like one far end of it where it's like, you know, so much is intentional that, yeah, you're not, you don't, you're not getting lost in a world because everything is like so contrived. Yeah. But I enjoy it because it's, there's not many movies like it. So like this movie did like super well at the box office, but like Mm -hmm. how well do we think it's done after that? You know, I think it's done really well. Uh, I, I, I still feel like it's, it's revered. It was like a $30 million movie and has already grossed. $34 million movie. It made like 220 something million. So it was Pretty really good. good. Yeah. But um, it reminds me of um, our, our good friend. Uh, we can't remember our good friend's <laughs> name, but. Our good friend, uh, our good friend Seth McFarlane ah, uh, yes, tweeted yes. at um, Edgar Wright when his first movie or one of his movies was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. And it was like. Scott Pilgrim Zero, The World One, because that was a bomb at the box office. And I watched this thing about Edgar Wright, and he was like, it pissed me off so much that <laughs> Seth MacFarlane did that. I was so <laughs> fucking mad. I swear to God. And then uh, Baby Driver came out like very soon after A Thousand Ways to Die oh. West came out. And I tweeted at him, just like, oh, sorry, it looks like a th- <laughs> he had something clever to say about, like, looks like a thousand and one ways to die at the box office. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> like, uh-huh. But he got his comeuppance, which is like, you know, Seth MacFarlane, he's, he's, um, he's not making any friends. Uh, he's, taking, he's taking shots. Yeah, he's taking shots. He's taking shots, but I guess that's what he does. I don't know. But it's also kind of like, good for you, Edgar. Good for oh, you, yeah, Edgar. Like, yeah, vind- good for you. Yeah, vindicated, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Edgar Wright is doing this, like, you know, it's like, I want the windshield wipers and then it's like oh, Seth MacFarlane's like it's Marky Mark and a fucking teddy bear that swears <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> yeah who's the real yeah. genius seriously <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do my Peter here's my thing Peter Griffin's voice in the bear the bear, the bear is like a real person, but he's filthy. He's like a filthy guy. Yeah. We'll figure, I don't know. We'll figure we'll it figure out. It we'll out. figure it out. Well, just give me the CGI bear specs and we'll figure <laughs> it out. Who's the real genius? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are coming in on track 15. It's the last track on part one of the Baby Driver soundtrack. This is Alexis Corner with Early in the Morning. about a lot of the music in the movie i think is that normally music that's used diegetically isn't discussed like with the actors mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. don't talk about the songs but you got a lot of that happening in the movie where the song is happening diegetically like on the radio or in his earbuds and you know then he starts talking about it and then an actor starts talking about it and mm-hmm. then it's just uh just blurs the lines a little bit. Yeah, it's like, what's your what's your like kick ass like heist song? And he's like, you gotta play Queen for that. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I do like. I mean, it's a bit okay. To your point, Caleb, it's all with purpose, and unfortunately, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. But I was like watching the second uh, time, like. Yeah. It's great that he did it, but like it doesn't make it a better movie for me. Like it just makes him like to so, me. It seems like you're just a, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Just like totally. It's like kitschy, or it's like a, um, like a, 
like a gesture. Uh, now it just makes you a megalomaniac. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. No, oh, no, yeah. No, what am I? Uh, I know what you mean. He's like... Ego, egomaniac, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, egomaniac, or he's like trying to... Um, it's like a vanity project. A, a little bit for me. And he thanks Quentin Tarantino in this, and I think Tarantino has definitely done some similar things, and that it's... You're like, is this a movie for you or for anybody else? But I mean, the moment for me was just like when they're having dinner, and then, you know, they just cheers, and it's like on the beat, and it's on the one, it, in the key... And maybe because, like, it's such... The subject matter of the movie is so serious. Yeah. And then, like, it's silly in that it's, like, a musical. That There's something about it that doesn't, like, sit well with me. But I'm like, this is silly. (laughs) I don't know. I I, I hate to... I think you guys are being dumb. It's like a fairy tale. It's it's a... You know, it's, it's... I don't know if you you want to see it through, like, it's the version of the story through his mind. He's somebody... Because the soundtrack is all what's happening in his ears. It's like when you talk about diegetic, it's not always on the radio. It's through his headphones. So it's like you're kind of experiencing this story through him. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's Buddy. And it's, you know, Darling. And it's, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, this the character just can't even make a peanut butter sandwich without like really overdoing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, a lot of dancing. Because I love lot, music. A lot of, lot of cool moves trying to make a sandwich. I mean, I've been there, you know, I've been there that I can't walk to the corner without like, I got to find a good song to leave the house to, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm wearing my headphones all the time in New it's York. It's very true. But, yeah, I don't know. No, you're right. But don't call me dumb. <laughs> Please don't dumb. ever call you're me dumb. you fucking dummy. Look at you. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. I know I'm dumb. All right. Well, this is normally when we would review the soundtrack, but this is, like I said at the beginning, no two-parter. Ratings. No ratings. No ratings. So you'll like have that. to check. You'll have to uh, listen next week. Stay tuned. For our rating. I know that people love the ratings. <laughs> yeah, ratings I know consistently. We get a lot of emails about <laughs> it, the ratings. If you record a podcast in the woods, <laughs> yeah. can anyone hear it? We legally have to rate it. <laughs> we, uh, are reviewing, we, are we are reviewing. We are reviewing. We will recommend. The one thing we are going to do is recommend a song, our favorite baby song. Do you mind if I lead off? Please. Please do. I've got it queued up already. All right. Uh, my song, we've been talking, even this episode, I talk a lot about kind of the British invasion, these uh, the very early British rock and roll bands and how a lot of them, like, especially at the very beginning, they interpreted these blues records like very literally and a lot of, and they were kind of interpreting like uh, integrating like skiffle music and a bunch of British musics trying to figure out like what British rock and roll was going to sound like. And this is from a rock band out of England. This is from 1964. I feel like this is one of the few British rock bands that I've heard that, at least in this song, incorporated a lot more kind of country influence. So I don't know if they had some early like Johnny Cash records or something that they were listening to. Uh, This is the Blue Rondos with Little Baby. So definitely some 
early Elvis or yeah, Roy Orbison yeah. type it's of rhinestone cowboy stuff. Yeah. yeah, but through through like these, it was a group of British guys. They never really crossed. They never hit it big, but they cut a few records. I really like that song. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I still listen to Big Iron, which you recommended yeah. by Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. That like, there's a few of those old like. 50s 60s country songs that like really resonate but then most of it's really hard it's like to white to. people we're not all bad <laughs> yeah, hey we figured out a couple things <laughs> yeah country country sure. <laughs> maybe one thing us, uh, straight into uh chris darden's recommendation i um i picked a song from 1979 from an album called dreaming wild uh by donnie and joe emerson mm. who we've talked about on the podcast before you know, there's a little bit of lore behind these guys. Uh, they were two brothers, and their dad built them like a barn, <laughs> or converted their barn in like the Midwest to make an album because they were gonna hit it big. And this song specifically uh, kind of had a resurgence uh, when I think uh, it's Ariel Pink, right? Did yeah, Ariel Pink covered it. Was that the Ariel Pink cover? I they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. Which, and I, I found the cover. Um, sort of uh useless um, <laughs> which which one is used in the uh tim heidecker the comedy it's this one it's the it's, original yeah, right the original yeah. so i think tim heidecker was and um, um the guy from lcd sounds sorry james murphy james murphy jesus yeah um, right uh i think he, they kind of rediscovered it as well so mm-hmm. some of that brooklyn like record flipping <laughs> yeah right but uh let's take a listen to baby from donnie and joe emerson stuff from uh two kids in their dad's barn yeah. studio that uh, I, th- I think like according to like some story i read they had only heard like a few songs on the radio yeah like yeah. at the point that they they had heard some marvin gay and like a couple of other artists but that was about it and they were just like yeah let's try to do like a marvin gay kind it definitely of song. has that like uh alien falls to earth and yeah. Tries to write a pop song. Cause it's like, you're so baby. <laughs> you're so baby. You're so baby. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's outsider art, yeah, like yeah. literally. You know, it's them and like the the shags. The shags. Yeah, but I, stuff like that. Of all those, but, all those acts, like the shags, I'm like. Shags it's are inter- unlistenable. It's, yeah, I'm like. You what are you talking like, about, okay. man? Proto-punk. <laughs> but no, this song Fuck is you, like dude. legit good. Yeah, this is. Inarguably a- good. I legitimately like the song. Um, it's and the Ari- the Ariel Pink version is just it's him just doing this. the same. Yeah, it's just this, but no one had heard of the yeah, song, yeah. so I, you know, can't fault the guy for it. But um, yeah, it's maybe during one of the best sequences in film history, which is a naked Tim Heidecker <laughs> doing the mangina move and getting beer <laughs> spilled on him, and you know, getting his <laughs> like wedgied by somebody else. If you haven't seen the comedy, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. It's pretty dark. Yeah. But, uh, it's a scathing um, <laughs> review of my current lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, a little close to home for all of us. <laughs> 
think. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do you right. have for us? I've got a song by Breakbot, and this is Baby I'm Yours featuring Urfane. Let's hear a little bit of that. I thought I had it all together, but I was led astray the day you walked away. You were the clock that was ticking in my heart. Changed my state of mind, but love so hard to find. Your feelings changed like the weather. Went from green to gray, all that time of day. How can I go on with the rap all in the palm? Love so hard to find when someone's on the mind. Listen, baby. You may know Thibo Jean-Marie Michael Berland, also known as Breakpot. A <laughs> yeah. uh, French producer, DJ. He's on Ed Banger Records, which is Justice's label, French mm-hmm. label. Mm-hmm. And yeah, great track. Breakpot's, Breakpot's 38. So he's, 30, he's 38? 38. Man, I was listening to him in college. That's, I'm, that's Feel a, old yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, the, the music video for that song is also worth uh, giving a shout out to. It's like an animated uh, watercolor uh, music video. Oh, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. But it's a yeah, good song. check yeah. out Breakbot. Good choice, Nikki. Yeah. You too, guys. Ah, yeah. you good. Too, so, good so far we've got some baby picks and, uh, I think next episode we're going to have a, we're gonna have vroom, a driver, vroom, a driver, vroom, vroom, oh. driver pick. I've already got mine picked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody tune in next week. It's the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger. Do we like the movie? <laughs> Are some <laughs> of us dumb? <laughs> getting a feeling that I like this <laughs> really good movie a lot better than some of these other people i like the movie <laughs> we're gonna have to rate this in the next episode, in the next episode. all right see Thanks. you next week bye